1: What's up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me, as always, Jack Manuel. What's up, Jack?
2: I normally don't like Nets, Nicholas, but let's talk some Nets, I guess.
1: <laughs> yes, we're going to talk Nets. We'll talk Nets, Nick's, Nets, Warriors. A couple topics at the end real quick. You know, you can check us out, iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, OGBasketball.com, NetsRepublic.com, Dash Radio, and YouTube. But we'll start with last night, you know, Nets and Nicks. Bad loss on a back-to-back 96-115. Knicks just outplayed Brooklyn in every aspect of the game pretty much. What were your thoughts and feelings about losing a game to the Knicks, a team like that, especially off coming off, you know, the Pelicans loss and then a close one against Golden State?
2: Yeah, it was uh, certainly disappointing to say the least, Nick. Um, I know plenty of other fans uh, would probably say some (laughs) more hyperbolic things. I mean, if they were to write some things for the – O-Triple-T, series for o they'd probably be saying for the Nets to tank to fire Kenny Atkinson to get rid of D-Lo and and all the rest. But um, I I think we need to put it into context. It is one game, albeit it is one of the more disappointing moments of Sean Marks and Kenny Atkinson's tenure. But uh, the sun shines tomorrow and there are still 77, sorry, 75 more games to go in the season. So we move on. Yeah,
1: exactly. You know, the energy was really down last night. Three of three games and four nights. Kenny brought it up, D'Lo brought it up, Lavert brought it up. The team just didn't have the vibe. The Knicks outplayed them physically, not only defensively, but on the boards, they really dominated something like 52 to 32. A lot of that was Ennis, Ennis Cantor. The Nets got off to a nice hot start in that game. Then Fisdale called a timeout. They just outplayed them the rest of the way. They got close with a couple runs, but it just didn't look like the Nets were really into it, and they wanted to battle. And the Knicks wanted to battle, and you got to give Fisdale a lot of credit because he's had that team, maybe not you know one of the ten more talented teams in the league, but they've played hard every night, and
2: they battled. Yeah, he certainly won the coaching battle, Nick. Like if we're talking about, you know, the battle of just uh, off the court between the two coaching minds, uh, it was certainly Fizdale who got the victory. Um, if you were in the in the shoes of, of Kenny Atkinson, what would you have done to sort of, you know, get the edge on Fiz, who is a, a pretty respected coach in the in the organization today?
1: Yeah, and it feels like Fizz, maybe not even much from a schematic standpoint, Out coaching the Nets. It was just like his team seemed more motivated, especially for the Nets having high aspirations for the season. You know, the Knicks don't really have much. You know, Porzingis being out, you think uh, Kenny would be able to get some of those guys going, especially the bench unit. I think maybe he should have tried to maybe mix it up a little bit early, especially when the team didn't have any juice. They kind of only had that lead early on because they had some nice shooting. Then as soon as the shooting fell off, I think Kenny has to look to win games in different ways. You know, your shot's not always going to fall you're going to need a grind out games so maybe that's defensively maybe that's rebounding maybe that's playing too big something that they don't usually do playing ed davis and jared allen maybe even getting ken Fried some minutes. i mentioned you i wouldn't have mind seeing maybe musa a little bit i think or getting after certain guys that have done it before in the past. Somebody like a Spencer Dinwiddie, I think 25 minutes last night, maybe it's a game where you play Spencer 30-plus and you tell him to put up 20 shots like last year if D'Lo and Levert don't have it. You know, Levert had his worst game of the season, two eleven from the field, always 6 in the three-point line. He didn't really look in, that into it. You know, we didn't see the same hustle we saw in earlier games. D'Lo didn't look bad either. Maybe you ask D'Lo, you know, this is a game where you're taking over, you take 25 shots or something. I think they had to look at different ways to try to win that game when your system isn't working and it's only one game. You know, it doesn't mean you have to change for the entire season, but in this circumstance, you need to adjust and try to something different out there.
2: Yeah, I think his rigidity has always been a, a criticism of mine anyway, and I know probably a lot of Nets fans as well. Like you said, throwing different guys out there, sort of being a little more fluid with what you're doing on on the floor and with your rotations because, you know, Karis LeVert played the most minutes, but he certainly wasn't feeling it. Um, I don't mind letting him play through it and sort of use it as a learning experience. But as well, you know, if Jared Allen's not feeling it, if he's not engaged on providing you the energy, give Ed Davis some more minutes because 12 minutes is not enough for Ed Davis. I'm not sure if there's, you know, anything going on there. But for a guy who is an absolute force on the boards and where we got absolutely destroyed losing by 20-plus, you, know, you got to get a guy like Ed Davis out there. You know, we lacked sort of physical presence. Ed Davis is a guy that probably brings out more than any other on our roster right now. I mean, we struggled without. Demari Carroll, who probably provides that a little bit more as well, but it was just a a bit of an insipid performance all across the board from the coaches and the players. You know, Spencer Dinwiddie was good in spurts, uh, Rondé was good in spurts offensively, um, but there's still plenty of work to do for our nets to show uh, that we want to make the playoffs and even like have a sniff at it.
1: Yeah, and it felt like you know the chemistry wasn't a hundred percent. That second unit is still kind of vibing together. I wouldn't be surprised if we see some starting lineup changes moving forward. And like you said. They, Kenny elected to go small against the Knicks and try, you know, to switch it up that way. It didn't really work. You know, they got the little bit a little bit closer. Like I said, I would have liked him to try to switch it up and maybe get Fareed, maybe get Ed Davis and Allen in there, do something a little bit bigger. You know, if your shot's not falling, there are other ways to win the game like the Knicks did last night. They did shoot well from three, but they won the defensive battle, they won the rebounding battle, and they won the hustle battle. The Nets didn't really even come close in a lot of those categories.
2: Yeah, second chance points, twenty nine points to twelve. Um, disgusting. I mean, it's pretty bad. Uh, I think a lot of that has to do with the the rebounding battle as well. But, you know, they won in fast break points as well. So it shows that the Nets didn't really have energy in transition either. It was just uh, not many good takeaways from this performance. But... You know, it's the, the beauty of basketball, like Karis LeVert said, is that, you know, we get to uh, suit up again on Wednesday and hopefully get the W against the Pistons because uh, that's what really matters. And I'm sure if we have a really good performance there, it, it will put some of the, the light, uh, a, a positive light more back on the team. But uh, it's going to be hard to get over this one, at least for, for now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I look at it this way. You know, it was just a straight-up bad performance. It's going to happen. You know, it's 82 games. Teams are going to play bad. Everybody wants to kind of beat the Knicks, and I understand that. Obviously, they're a less talented team. You know, maybe if they didn't come close against Golden State and they got some rest in that fourth quarter it made made a difference, obviously it's only seven games in. The guys shouldn't be that fatigued, but they are a young team getting their conditioning right, adjusting to the matchup. I think this four-game stretch coming up will say more about the Nets than the loss against the Knicks. Like, I think people are exaggerating a little bit, especially this early in the season. We've seen good teams lose the. Bad teams across the board in the NBA early on, especially in the first few weeks.
2: Yeah, I mean it's certainly not the worst loss of the season. Like we saw the Thunder, you know, have a bad loss to the to the Kings. I think that's probably one of the more disappointing performances across the board. You know, the, you look at the Wizards us. too, another team yeah, that's
1: the, struggling. The,
2: the Wizards, yeah, Nick's uh, not having a good time. The Yeah, I'll, <laughs> you, I'll put it that way, he's struggling. Um, but yeah, as Nets fans, we expect more. Um, which I think is a good thing. You know, Sean Marks was on the Woj pod um, more recently. I put out a, one of his major quotes from it. And we were talk- he talked about moral victories. He's like, he doesn't really like to sort of talk about moral victories. But uh, with the the growth of our sort of squad right now, we have to take positives from sort of every situation and every sort of game. And against the Warriors, you know, you certainly could take them. Against the Pelicans, you certainly could take them. But against the Knicks, um, there were very, very few positives to take away from, from it, if any at all.
1: Yeah, I think the one thing I'd say, maybe RHJ getting some nice minutes to kind of get his rhythm back right, and he's a guy that could help the team moving forward. You know, we talked about the shots not falling from the three-point line, having him as somebody who can work in that post, that mid-post, get some jumpers in there. Then also he had a couple nice cuts last night. He took a couple early threes, which I thought were kind of unnecessary. You know, just cuts to the rim, play your game, RHJ. We don't need you to be a three-point shooter at this point. You know, if it's a blow and you want to get some shots up, do it. But I think uh, overall, like you said, not a really lot of positives to take from this one. Do you think Rondé starts next game, Nick? That's a really good question. I don't know if he starts next game, but I wouldn't be surprised if he, we see him start down the line. I saw, I want to say it was by uh, the fan. They posted an article, and it was about the question of maybe Rodion Kurutz starting when he's healthy. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Uh, I mean, I'm not against it, but I think it's still very early days for a guy like him. I think he's our long-term starter, but right right now Kurutz is just still in his infancy, You know, he's obviously coming off an injury as well, so I wouldn't expect that to happen anytime soon. But he's definitely the long-term starter. You know, he's he's shown so much and exceeded expectations in a lot of ways already that, you know, he's already putting his name up there. And I think if you're talking about, you know, a core four of, you know, Levert, D'Lo, Allen, and Kurutz, and then you are feeling that, uh, you know, three spot with someone or maybe in free agency or maybe you draft someone, then... You know, that's a pretty exciting young team. But I think for now that at that full position, you know, Rondé and Dudley are doing a fine enough job. Rondé last season was, was pretty awesome. Dudley right now has been up and down, but, you know, obviously with his age and what he's done, so far, providing a bit of spacing, some really good leadership. He's had, you know, some lapses, obviously, that Pelicans game uh, with a couple of uh, poor moments. But he's been good for us so far, so I can't really fault him. And, you know, Tamari can also fit in there as well when he hopefully comes back sooner rather than later. So uh, when we're at our best, and, you know, Trevion Graham as well, so at least when we're healthy, we have the the numbers there. And I think... Kulowicz is certainly near the top of that conversation when it comes to, you know, his skill set and what he provides overall, what Coach Kenny loves. But I think it's still a ways to go. Maybe we see that later in the season, similar to what we saw from Jared Allen. You know, Jared Allen obviously started the season coming off the bench, providing little spurts of energy and, you know, getting some real juice when he came on. But uh, by the end of the season, he was a bona fide starter. So, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if, if that happened to Rodion's. But um, I, I think it'll come maybe a little bit later in the season, if not next season.
1: Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't think it would happen early on. But I wouldn't be completely surprised if they wanted to really spice things up because his energy is completely different than anybody else. And he showed, you know, the the engagement to kind of attack on the boards a little bit. So something to keep an eye on. But like you mentioned, guys like Trevion Graham would have been great last night. Guys like Damari Carroll, two guys known to kind of tough it up a little bit. So, you know, moving forward, I think the team will build off this. long as they're taking these losses and bad experiences and turning them something positive and learning from this, I think it'll only help the team. You know, it's not like they're they're a great team. I think Nets fans, including, you know, myself a little bit, getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, they're still in the rebuild. The team's not completely there. They're still a young team. There's still a lot of learning to do. And you mentioned Sean Marks on the Woj pod. He kind of hinted at it too. It's like, we're not going to skip any steps. We're going to do this the right way.
2: Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's a very easy to become rash after, you know, one bad performance. Uh, I think coming against the Crosstown rivals, it certainly hurts as well. Um, you know, you don't want to lose to the Knicks in any sort of situation, let alone when you know you have the better team and the better squad. You know, last season with Porzingis, you know, you, you couldn't fault the, the the Nets for losing, obviously, with the way they played. But, you know, they're a better squad when they have Porzingis healthy because he is you know top 20, top 30 player in the league. Whereas the Nets right now have the more talented squad and then some, you know. Our depth, we've got Shabazz, we've got Davis, we've got all these guys, Levert and D'Lo are playing some really good basketball. But yeah, for me, Coach Kenny, when it relates to D'Lo, I thought that he, he's becoming a little too strict with how he's dealing out the rotation when it comes to to what minutes he's giving D'Lo. You know, I, I think if he was feeling it early last night, keep him out there for an entire quarter. Keep him out there for the, the second quarter as well. Him, Levert, you know, Allen maybe to a lesser extent because... He seemed a, a little bit lethargic of sorts, but yeah, he looked a little fatigued. Dilo and Levert certainly seem to have that fitness and that base behind them, so I don't hate seeing 35 minutes from them. I think a lot of fans want to see that. Um, you know, rather than sort of messing with the chemistry, maybe like uh, you've spoken to me before, Nick, and I think a lot of other fans would probably advocate for it as well. Keep one of Levert or Dilo out there at all times because they're our two most talented players, our two best ball handlers. And Spencer has shown this season that he can play with them. I mean, Spencer can obviously run the second unit as well, but I, I want to have our best players out there and I want to see you know them learning and growing uh, through the results, whatever may happen.
1: Yeah, 100% agree, Jack. Like you said, just staggering those minutes and giving those guys opportunities to kind of work on their own work a little bit. And like I said, Spencer's a guy that I feel like I maybe undervalued a little bit going to the season. I think he's a guy that could be more aggressive at times, especially driving to the rim, you know, against that first matchup with the Knicks. We saw him get some easy buckets against him, that pick and roll. Didn't really see that last night. Some of that was the Knicks adjusting. But also I feel like, the Nets didn't do a good job last night of attacking the rim in the sense that the, the Knicks were playing a ton of young guys. We just talked about them not being as talented. They're more likely to foul, force the refs to make the call, and that's just something they didn't do until maybe in the second half when it was a little bit too late.
2: Yeah, there was a couple of times, you know, the the better highlights where we saw guys taking some of the, the Knicks more inexperienced players off the dribble and just getting in there and, you know, getting some and ones, getting some dunks. But uh, early on is where you want to see that energy and see the, you know, the the force, the aggression sort of set the tone at an early pace. Uh, but when the Knicks really got on top, it was, it was all, you know, one-way sort of uh, basketball for us. We we're always playing catch-up. So a lot of negatives from the performance. But, Nick, what do you think uh, is going to be the key uh, heading into the p- Pistons' performance?
1: I think overall the no- most important thing from everybody on the team aspect-wise Is energy and effort you know you're not going to win any if they play with the same energy they played against the Knicks they might win a handful of games but they're not going to win most games unless they're scorching from three I think that's kind of where they kind of got confused almost in a sense so they're like all right well we play lazy and we knock on our threes we'll still win games but when the threes aren't falling you know they had no chance in the game so it's kind of finding other ways to win the game like I mentioned getting physical rebounding pushing the pace sometimes trying to get layups attacking the rims to uh, force those calls I think overall, you just want to start hard and you want to start and bring that energy, not only offensively, but defensively. There's one thing you can do. You can always play great defense. Your shot's not falling. Play great defense. You look at a team like the Boston Celtics. They struggled offensively. They're still off to an okay start. If the Nets can play great defense, they'll be in a lot of games, especially in the Eastern Conference. So that's what I'm looking to see. Also looking to see, you know, some other guys step up, knocking down their shots, getting to the rim a little bit, not being a little bit timid instead of, you know, just going in there, especially with a guy like Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin, not guys known for getting up. They are big bodies, but I think they can finish over them. And I think that was another thing in the Knicks game where the Nets players weren't necessarily looking to finish over guys. They were like, oh, there's a player in there. Let me back it out. So I think just attacking side, getting back, doing the right things. And overall, just the main thing for me is just going to be the energy and effort level on both sides of the floor and rebounding, obviously, against a Blake and Andre Drummond
2: combo. Yeah, they're pretty awesome. They're one of the best front courts in the NBA. They like to get their numbers in there. They're performing really well. The Pistons have been really hot four and one lately. So the Nets are certainly gonna have a tough time, but I think we should you know, judging off the the first game where we probably were unlucky to not get the win, where Lavert had his sort of coming coming out party and, you know, he was sort of disappointed that he wasn't able to net the W for the boys. But, you know, if we're engaged on both ends of the floor, I think we're as as talented as the Pistons and have as deep a roster. I think we have all the sort of, you know, guys that could sort of counter them. You know, I think Blake Griffin, is in some uh, sizzling form. And I think he's, you know, playing all-star level basketball right now. So he's going to be a handful. But I think we've got the guys with the backcourt that's better than them. I think Davis and Allen uh, defensively uh, are much better sort of centers in, in in that sort of sense than, you know, Drummond and, and Griffin, like you mentioned. But it's going to take everything going right for us because, you know, you can't win games playing, like you said, Nick, one-way basketball, uh, disengaged basketball. So we need to be engaged on both ends and at least the defensive end because then, you know, from defense comes offense, as they say. So hopefully we can do all the right things early, put in a four-quarter performance and, you know, at least make a tight and give ourselves a chance in, down the stretch.
1: Yeah, and I'm not sure which reporter this was, but I was checking out the interviews from last night's game and somebody was asking all the players, and I think even asked Kenny, about the possibility of seeing a Jared Allen and Ed Davis combo against a team like the Pistons because they do have that size. So something to keep an eye out for. I'd like to see some different lineup combinations. You know, Kenny mentioned earlier that he was going to get really crazy. We haven't necessarily seen really anything that wild. You know, we saw Rondé at center a little bit, but I'd like to see him spice things up, obviously some of the injuries are impacting that, but moving forward. Before we get out of here, Jack, any thoughts about the Golden State game? Obviously, the Nets played a pretty good game of that second quarter, but you know, the Warriors are just the Warriors, as we saw Clay drop 52 in like 26 minutes last night, which is really not even possible in 2K.
2: Yeah, it's an embarrassment of Richard. Steph and KD just put up numbers left, right, and center. Um, I think that they were just the better team, and they're an all time team. It was a, a good experience for us to go through, sort of show and give us a little bit of confidence, obviously. We, uh, unfortunately we couldn't take that into the Knicks game. We took the sort of Pelicans' performance and that sort of gave us some good energy and momentum. But hopefully we could use, you know, the the positive performances from the Warriors and the Pelicans. You know, we got plenty of praise, but it all is is a little bit hollow when it comes... Down to the fact that we didn't get the win. That's the more important thing. But in terms of Coach Kenny and sort of being a little bit more, you know, crazy. You know, he's he's about as crazy as a guy putting vanilla vanilla ice cream and then just add some sprinkles on it. It's nothing. (laughs) It's nothing really wild right now. We want to see him go a bit, you know, mad scientist about it. Like strawberry ice man. cream
1: and mint chocolate chip or
2: something. <laughs> Mate, that sounds beautiful. I'm I'm hungry right now. I might have to have some ice cream for breakfast. But uh, I think you know, throw four guard lineups out there. You know, throw you know Jared um Jared Allen at the five and just everyone else guards. You know, I think that there's uh, only so much that you can accept from Coach Kenny doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting the same result. Um, it's it's not going to happen. So I think he needs to start you know, loosening the the, the springs or whatever the saying is. It's a bit early here, mate. My mind isn't working too much, but uh, I'm enjoying what the, the Nets are doing so far. Overall for the season, the seven games, it's just, you know, one game out of seven, you know, uh, a seventh of the season hasn't been that enjoyable.
1: Yeah, and like you said, I think you said it spot on. We were like, take the positives out of the other losses, you know, against New Orleans, against the Warriors, plenty to take away from that. And then look at the Knicks game and see exactly how you can't play the rest of the season. You know, it's good to happen right now because they need to know that that type of effort is just not going to cut it. And this four-game stretch coming up against Detroit, Houston, Philly, and Phoenix, you know, There's a lot of games they can win. James Harden isn't going to be playing for Houston. They're not looking the best without him and they're not looking great in general. And then Philadelphia has had a little bit of struggle spacing wise. So there's some winnable games out here. They need to really take advantage of three of them being on the home and Phoenix, not being, you know, a world breaking team. There's a real chance to kind of not turn the ship around because it's so early, but set the right momentum.
2: Yeah, completely agree. Uh, You know, The beauty of basketball is that there's 82 games and you can focus one at a time and sort of take it as it comes. Mini little stretches, you know, we've got a home stretch, so hopefully the fans can get out there, support the guys, and we can put on a good performance, a good good show for them. Um, Unfortunately, in MSG, we couldn't uh, do it for our Nets fans, but uh, hopefully going into the Pistons, the Rockets, the Sixers, that's when we can start and then some surprise wins because we've shown enough so far to say that we are, you know, a, a really talented team. It's just about getting the, the results that we really, really want. Exactly. Jack, any other final thoughts before we get out of here? Let's just hope, Nick, Nick that the, this next performance is behind us and, you know, we can move forward and Nets fans just, just chill. Just chill, yeah? (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. I think that's spot on, Jack. They need to relax. One bad performance, you know, hopefully this is the worst performance we see all season long, and the Nets will have a good year ahead of them. And it's not like there's not any positive to take away from the first seven games. They've had some tough matchups. They've had some tough breaks. So, like I said before, check us out, iTunes, Box Talk Radio, otgbasketball.com, NetsRepublic.com, Dash Radio, and YouTube.
0: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns.